Hey, welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we embrace and explore what it means to live out the feminine genius in our daily life as Catholic women. I don't know about you, but coronavirus has set the discernment stage for me. A lot of what I thought was normal is being called into question, and I'm trying to readjust and recalibrate and see what this new normal looks like for me and my family going forward. Maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you never looked into work from home jobs before, but after working at home, you found you hit your stride and you aren't sure your office job is going to be a good fit once things open up again. Or maybe you've never discerned homeschooling your kids, but after having your littles around you in the same house all day, you're more open to it and you don't know what the next school year is going to look like. Whether it is your family situation or school or job situations, relationships, or your desire for authentic community, you're not alone. I'm so excited to share this conversation with Samantha Pavlock with you today. She's been on the show before, back in 2017, to talk about how the church values women's dignity. And now she's back again to talk about a brand new digital community she's created. But we also talk about why women shouldn't let the seasonality of our lives or or perfectionism hold us back from using the gifts that God has given us in the way that he's calling us to use them. If you're discerning, where God is calling you to use the gifts that he's given you, or if you've ever felt like you're on the outside looking in when it comes to Catholic community with women, you're not alone in this discernment of your gifts and God's will for your life. And this letter is for you. Hey, we're welcoming back to Letters to Women, Samantha Pavlock. She is the founder of Fem Catholic, and she's been on Letters to Women before to discuss Catholicism and feminism back in 2017. And I'm so excited to welcome her back on the podcast to talk about building community. Sam, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you back. Thank you so much, Chloe. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think when I was looking up our episode and I saw the date stamp for 2017, it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it's just... I know. Time has totally flown back again on a conversation for a brand new community that you've launched recently. But before we dig into that, can you share a little bit about yourself for those who haven't heard about your story and share about the origin story of how Femme Catholic came to be? Sure. So I was raised Credo Catholic, uh, went to Catholic school my whole life and went to college and majored in business and theology there. Um, and I would joke that I had a, a minor in gender studies because I've always been really interested in women's issues and feminism, uh, but I've also been really passionate about my faith. And after graduating college in 2016, I attended the very first Given Forum conference. Uh, so it's a Catholic women's leadership conference. And the premise is that you're supposed to discern your unique gifts and then an action plan for how you can respond with those gifts to serve the church and the world. And uh, when I went to that conference, I came up with, you know, I discerned this sort of crazy idea that I was going to start a blog and then hopefully have a conference on basically Catholic feminism and trying to reconcile the women's empowerment messages I was seeing in feminism with Catholicism and the truth of our faith. And so uh, I went to that conference in 2016. Uh, In 2017, I launched... Them Catholic, the blog. And then in 2019, last year, we had our first conference in Chicago um, and it sold out at max capacity. So, yeah, so we are in our now this new stage. Um, I had discerned, it's funny how, you know, doors open and close because I had discerned not to do a second conference this year, although I hope we have one in the future, um, but to kind of move in the direction of this online community. 
which turned out to be good timing, uh, given the, the state of the world <laughs> right now. Yeah, that fits in really well. That's Providence. He works all things to the good. Holy smokes. Yeah, well, it's funny because, I, you know, it really is a discernment thing because I had this back and forth with God in prayer over like many months being like, I really want to do another conference. Like, why are the doors not opening? Why are you not letting this stay on my heart? And now I'm like, oh, that's why I get it. I see. (laughs) You know all things, God. Um, Yeah, you're like the, you know, apologetic teenager that's like, sorry. You were right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really grateful that, you know, I had begun working on this virtual community. Uh, coming out of the first conference and it was you know a great time to launch I guess. I love too when I'm listening to your story how you talk about this minor in women's and gender studies based on just your passion about women and and that intersection of feminism feminism and Catholicism. I do have a minor in women's and gender studies and I used to I oh my god I so (laughs) so I used to lead with this in conversation and interviews in Catholic settings yeah I have a a major in history, a minor in women's and gender studies. And I would never get uh, callbacks from interviews. And I stopped leading with that um, and <laughs> had a lot more callbacks. But so I loved when I found Femme Catholic, how that's not something that I am ashamed to bring up. Like I learned a lot in those classes and I learned how to love others better and see their story better. And so I just, I have loved Femme Catholic in my own story because it's just been a place where all this, it's, yeah, it's not something that I'm ashamed to say that I have, which has been really beautiful. So thanks for creating the space where I've, I've been able to be super authentic in, in that space with those women. Yeah, no, that, well, that makes me so happy because the truth is, like, I, I am 100% devoted to the church and church teaching, and, you know, it's sad that we have to clarify that, but mm-hmm. I do. So that's the disclaimer, you know, absolutely on board with church teaching. Um, but the popes and the, the, the theology nerd in me, you know, in college, I started reading encyclicals, and I found these documents by the popes where they're talking about women's issues and talking about, you know, how women have faced oppression and um, that it's it's a matter of justice that we should be addressing it. And I was like, I have never heard this in Catholic circles. Like, why have I not heard this? There's a theology on talk on tap talk that I give. And I tell them in the beginning, like, I'm only going to use quotes from the popes. This is not like, you know, Gloria Steinem or whoever you're afraid that I'm going to pull out. Um, although I, at the same time, I'm really passionate about, like you said, I, I just have an interest in like, learning about women and as people mm-hmm. and really seeing, you know, their story and, and what brought them to where they are um, in, in our history in America and stuff. But um, I think there's absolutely some really empowering stuff that has come out of our Catholic church for women. And I think there's something that really beautiful that happens when I just remember conversations from the classes that I took in college when there is a conversation that includes, yeah, John Paul II talked about this idea of a new feminism and and bringing that up in conversation with people who think automatically when they hear Catholic, you know, you know that that's not compatible. Why are you here? You have to leave that behind if you want to have a conversation about feminism. And in reality, I really truly believe that there is that intersection between it. Yeah, well, and even our um, the, our opening keynote at the first conference was a woman named Erica Bakioki who uh, was a convert or revert, but she, she sort of reverted or converted to Catholicism 
when she was trying to prove the teachings wrong uh, from a feminist perspective. So she was looking into feminism and was a hardcore feminist in college and became a lawyer. And in actually investigating the teachings, she ended up not disproving them. She converted. (laughs) And so I think that the, the reason that that story is so important to me and that she is such a good witness, I think, it's important to engage with people who have these questions and this passion for women because I think if you're really a truth seeker and you're willing to ask hard questions, you will actually find yourself deeply embedded in the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith. That's so true. That's where you end up. Yeah, and find in realizing that it is the teachings are good for women, right. which I think is is the impression that everybody like the misunderstanding that people have is they think well, a bunch of old guys came up with these teachings and like they're actually not good for women, but they are. So (laughs) that's what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, that's exactly what we're here to talk about. Tell me more about this online Fem Catholic community network. I love this Fem Catholic in action together. What inspired you to create it? You mentioned how it came out of that first conference. What needs did you see when it comes to women's community and conversation, especially when it comes to the online portion of this too, because the the online aspect of this community is is so huge. Yeah, well, so in growing from Catholic, uh, you know, the original action plan I had discerned was doing this blog and then um, kind of seeing if there were people out there who wanted to have this conversation and um, were grappling with the tension of, you know, understanding their faith in a holistically pro-woman way and living it out in the world, the secular feminist world that's been so influenced by secular feminism. And the blog did really well. And so we had the conference, you know, the conference sold out. And that was the first experiment of bringing people together. And it was just such an incredible, like, joyful experience. It was just awesome. And we got great feedback from it. And so when I talked to people afterwards, what I kept hearing was that the need really was to continue those relationships, like the relational side of it, because the blog continues to put out content and start conversations. But I think um, the nature of people is we really grow within real people relationships with each other uh, and real conversation and it can't always be summed up in a blog post. You, you can't really encounter somebody in the same way in a blog post. So I started exploring the possibility of, in, you know, a community, an online community to connect people. Um, and I just heard from so many women that they felt like they were the only one in their circle who had this passion for, for women and for the church. And that resonated with me so much because like, I grew up thinking, you know, I was that friend. It's, it's the friend circle who was like, too Catholic for the pro-women conversation and, you know, pro-life and pro, like, fertility awareness, not using birth control and all, you know, pro-women's empowerment, but not women priests. And it was like, I don't fit anywhere. And how can I be authentic to me and not sacrifice who I am and who I feel like God's calling me to be, but, like, also find my people? I sort of stumbled and found this platform Muddy Networks that connects. The thing I love about it is you can see who's near you geographically. And so you're able to see who is like in your area to actually meet up with. Now, obviously, 
global pandemic makes that a little bit tough. Um, but even but even in general, like I do think there's different types of issues that pop up for women in different regions of America. Because like, you know, the South versus the West versus like the East Coast versus the Midwest, like there's different tensions that come out for women in their lives and the things that they're grappling with in the, the secular culture and sometimes the Catholic culture that has grown in that area. Whether it be like different parts of the country are accepting of working moms more than others, um, different parts of the com- country struggle with like more liberal teachings or more conservative teachings or and so I think just being able to connect with people in your area is really powerful and important and then uh, you can also connect with people who work in the same type of industry or field as you because my real day job is actually working as, as like a financial project manager at a bank and so there's just different things that come up in the corporate world for women you know, maybe then come up in science or teaching or those types of things. So this platform really gave us the ability to have conversations, but also connect in and hopefully build stronger, like real relationships versus just sort of like the mass that is social media and following a thousand people. There's so many things after spending time growing in community in this new platform that I have loved about the fact that it's not on one of the major platforms that I would think when I, when it comes to building community, it's not on Facebook, it's not on Instagram, it's not at Twitter is, but it's, it's different. And I, what I've loved about it is the fact that when I go on there, I I know what I'm there for. I'm there to build community. I'm there to learn more about that intersection, how our faith plays in with, with the women, with women's movements, how, what that looks like practically in the day-to-day life. And I, that's what I'm there for. When I get sucked into Instagram and I'm scrolling and I'm getting sucked down into a time suck and comparison and and things like that, that hasn't happened in this new community. And I think it's because it's so intentional. It has a really strong purpose, and I I know what I'm looking for when I log on. And I have I have loved that uh, as someone from more of the as the user side of things. Yeah, I'm so glad, and that that really is you know getting off of Facebook and. Like I said, the, the thing I love is just the ability to connect with people mm-hmm. through these different means like location and industry or interest or whatever. But it is getting rid of all the distractions is huge because I get on Facebook all the time and, and I find myself or Instagram, I follow all these different people. But how many of them do I honestly have a real relationship with? Would I honestly bring a real problem to because I think there's just a different kind of distance when you're commenting back and forth. Even if you comment on each other's pictures and, um, you know, kind of know each other's names, there's still like the distance, you know, there's still kind of an acquaintance level mm-hmm. versus feeling like you're part of a, a sisterhood or a sorority of people that share these like really common passions and values for women and for the church. And you know that when you're asking their advice, whether it be about, a family situation or a relationship situation or a work situation or, or a question with your faith that you're going to get really good perspectives and perspectives that align with your values versus just kind of throwing it into a Facebook group where you really don't know where people are coming from. Yeah. Just this difference between, I have people who I follow on Instagram who yeah, I love what they post, but I sometimes when I think about, you know, their account and things, it's easier for me to think of them by their account name than by their name. 
and and that's yeah. not not that's not the case with this community with with the femme catholic community i i only know them by their name and i've gotten to know them and what they're passionate about and there was within the first couple of weeks of me being on two of us in the kansas city area happened to be on or there was a, a notification that someone was in my area and within a couple minutes of that connection like we were talking and you know once this is all done and coffee shops are back open and we can sit down face to face and have a good conversation let let's do that let's connect and i love that because i've been thinking a lot about social media especially during coronavirus because it's just become part of my daily life in terms of social media and connecting with friends and for what i do for a job what i've really come to this idea is is that it's really it's good for communication but that connection piece that human connection that's just, it's just not replaceable we 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 need face to face and so i love that about how you're able to see people who are who are close to you and you're able to build community with them and that's a game changer i think yeah yeah well and and even you know within things that you're so passionate about or so like if you meet another you know working mom lawyer mm-hmm. maybe you will cross paths someday or like be able to jump on the phone or yeah just meet each other in person because i think even you mentioned like the coronavirus kind of reflecting on social media I was thinking about a couple of different accounts I follow have done, you know, perpetual adoration mm. via Instagram, which is beautiful, but it's so interesting because it's not totally the same. I think that, you know, God, that's such a deeply part, deep part of being Catholic is that we believe in the Eucharist and like Christ's body actually mm. in the Eucharist and that presence, that in-person encounter and presence physically matters you know it's not just the holy spirit that like can whip around and manifest like wherever you are i mean there that there's that aspect of it but like it's actually a deeply catholic thing this like personal physical encounter mm-hmm. and um i just know in my own life too if we're talking real growth and transformation and like god working through somebody nine times out of ten for me that's happened from real life friends real life encounters with people yeah yeah the reality of that incarnational that gritty tangible there's a reason that god became human there's a reason that he has a body there's a reason that he walked on the earth right we're here and we live in a gritty messy tangible world and so the fact that god entered into that matters that matters and that shifts and should shape the way that we encounter each other relationally too if we're made in that image yeah, well, and that was where, you know, it just it seemed like it all clicked when I was kind of discerning and, and really feeling this on my heart to, like, build into a, a virtual community. I didn't, part of me didn't like that. Like, what I loved about the conference was that personal encounter. And so this seemed like uh, the perfect avenue where we have that virtual community, but that it leads itself to in-person encounters. Can you speak into more for women who haven't? got plugged into this community what they'll find there we've talked a little bit about how you can find people within your network of your profession or your passions and then also geographically um, but what else would they find if they logged on to this community yeah well I think you hit the nail on the head talking about um, learning so learning from information we have a monthly book club so we just did embracing Edith Stein with an introduction to Edith Stein's thoughts on women. Uh, and what it means to be a woman and, you know, the the feminine soul or the qualities of the feminine soul, according to Edith. And how we, we talked about how you can live those out in your real life. And 
recorded the conversation, so you can watch the videos in there. And uh, there's also a course, a, a short reflection course called Finding Your Fiat. And so the community is called Fem Catholic in Action Together, which is an acronym for Fiat. And part of the reason that that is so important to me is, uh, again, kind of merging feminism and Catholicism. I think feminists have always been very active in promoting the rights of women. And that's what JP2 calls us to do in Letter to Women and in Evangelion Vitae, where he uses the phrase new feminism. But he, he talks about how Catholics should address the injustices that women have faced. And, um, and so I think sometimes women see all the needs around us, but we need a little bit of a push, a little bit of encouragement to actually take action and start addressing them. And so that's the other thing um, that I started seeing in a second. <laughs> my three-year-old's awake. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Okay, so my three-year-old got out of bed, and I had to get him more fishy. <laughs> um, that's, you know what, though? That's not a bad segue. Uh, into, because part of the part of the fiat course is uh, – so I, I really want to motivate women to take action – but I also, I, I'm a mom, and I recognize that women's lives are really, really seasonal. And I think sometimes that seasonality can deter us from taking action because even, it's really based on my own story of I applied to the Given Forum conference um, before I knew I was pregnant or before I got pregnant with my, my oldest who just got out of bed. <laughs> and he... So then I kind of was pregnant with him, and I was like, okay, well, I'll still go to this conference. But then just being pregnant for the first time, we were supposed to implement our action plans right away, and I kind of dwindled or, like, lagged on mine. Um, and it took the accountability of the nuns who had put the conference on following up with us, like, where's your action plan? <laughs> why haven't you, you know, why haven't you done it? And And that accountability... Uh, really kept me on track. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. We'll just see what happens. And I think that perfectionism can hold women back. Mm -hmm. That seasonality can hold women back. And so, you know, with the accountability, I put out the blog. And then I had to go, I was on maternity leave with my son when I launched the blog. And then when I went back to work, I realized I don't have time to write for this blog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a really slow writer. It's not my gift in terms of being fast at it. And so I, I had a couple of people reach out to me about writing for the blog who just, they just wanted to write. They didn't want to run the whole platform and, or, or run a whole, a whole platform. They just wanted to like write and write posts. And so it was this funny gift of that season where, you know, I didn't have the time, but I had this platform and these other people had come into my life and they were a gift. And so I discerned to create a contributing writer group that now has grown uh, and is an awesome, you know, foundational piece of Femme Catholic, but it's this contributing group of writers who contribute all their voices and perspectives on women's issues instead of just my blog. But that never, I never would have discerned that if I hadn't, discerned it in a way of, of looking at, you know, what are the gifts of this season? What is like the smallest next step that I can take? Uh, and then just committing to it. And it, it's a similar thing with the conference. When I 
discern to plan the conference, I had somebody, one of the conference co-chairs had said to me, you know, if you want to do this, I'll do it with you. And it seems like not the best time because my husband was uh, in night school getting an MBA. And, um, but I realized, wait a second, I guess the gift of the season is that I'm home alone all these nights when he's in class and I have the time. And then I had this friend reach out to me and I was like, all the doors were opening just in that season to make it happen. And so I, I wanted to share that with women and say, look, I know it sounds crazy. And if you had told me three years ago that we would have had a fold out conference and an online community, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but like God works in really wild ways. And I think you just sort of have to give that little yes. Like when Mary gave her fiat, you know, I don't know that she knew like the full detailed plan. She knew, you know, some pieces of it maybe or the first yes, but I think that's how we all have to discern in our own lives. Like because God the history of God shows us that God works in big ways through women. And so I think we have to say yes <laughs> and take those steps. I really like how you're speaking into that seasonality and perfectionism and how those can hold women back from action. I know just speaking into my own story and looking back on things that I've said yes to or things that I haven't said yes to, it's just really easy to focus on what I can't do. Well, I can't do this. I don't have I don't have the capacity for this instead of focusing on what is possible because of the season um, or the circumstances. And I, yeah, I, I really love you speaking into both of those. I think that's sometimes hard to put words to, but I think you did it really beautifully. The seasonality uh, and the perfectionism. Well, if it doesn't look exactly like what I wanted it to, then I don't want, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be, but instead being open to where God's calling you because it may not look the exact same, but it's going to look better. Yeah. Well, you know? yeah. I think we, we just have to believe like it, it takes so much trust, but I yes. think if you look at the Bible and the history of the saints and God does not say like, well, women can get pregnant and have babies and have this sort of seasonal rhythm to their life. So like, they're out. I'll just work with the men. <laughs> God does really big things through women and and through women's yeses and through the, the little yeses. So I, I want to help women be empowered in that and realize you really do have a call and a, and you are part of the church. And that's where I see sort of the marriage of feminism and Catholicism is is this empowerment of women but through the lens and the truth of our faith. And I know for me, it's just been so incredibly fulfilling and authentic to me. And because nobody wants to be like the worst feeling is when you're warring with yourself over that season and being like, ah, you know, I'm pregnant or I have a baby or, you know, small kids. And like, I can't, yeah, I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, But God, like God knows. (laughs) He's not like, Oh man, I wanted you to, you know, <laughs> be Joan of Arc, but like your three-year-old got in the way. Oops. <laughs> but we kind of, that's what the devil sort of tricks us into thinking. Right. And that's the piece I think that's missing from secular feminism that tells women, you know, if you just navigate your schedule, you can do all things. Yeah. And it's not, in my experience as a, you know, corporate working mom, and then with sort of the side passion and calling and it's got to be discernment-based because it's just, it's layered in different seasons of your life. For women listening who are hearing about us talk about this digital community that is, that's women coming alongside each other and encouraging each other and letting each other know that they're not alone in the struggle or in the joys 
they may be thinking about wounds they've experienced from communities of women that maybe have fit into more of the stereotypical things like, oh, that women are gossipy and women are catty and women stab me in the back and women are too much, there's too much drama. Can you speak into how authentic friendship with other women is life-giving and how you've seen that at work in this digital community for Femme Catholic? Yeah, well, I think one of the core, um, it's not really one of our stated values, I guess, but I think what what has come out of Femme Catholic as a platform is this recognition that, you know, the, the community of saints is vast and varied. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a good Catholic woman is not necessarily X, Y, Z, is not necessarily a stay-at-home mom, is not necessarily a mom, you know, a physical yeah. mom, um, is not necessarily, like, we, we have divorced women, we have, you know, women who, struggle, who uh, identify as LGBT, you know, we, we have the full spectrum of women, but they're all committed to pursuing the truth of their faith and recognizing that they have a place in the church. I think that that really helps with comparison and identity. Like, there's not these boxes we're trying to fit. It's more of a recognition that, you know, God's going to make you a saint based on the things, you know, the crosses that you carry, but also the gifts that you have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those things go together in a really funny way, is, is my experience. And it's actually at the Femme Catholic Conference, the final talk. I'll, I'll leave the recording, too, if people want to, um, but they're out there for, you can buy them and download them and watch them. But the, the final talk at our conference was Meg Hunter-Kilmer talking about uh, basically this, that the saints are also varied and, you know, don't let yourself fall into despair that you don't fit the mold because that probably has something to do with what you're called to and even actually that relates you know I always question myself like why do I have this funny passion for women like I don't fit the box or I was I, you know I was too corporate and businessy for like theology circles and I very much have experienced that being on the outs feeling and and for me it's been so affirming again to like find my fiat, I guess, and realize that the things that I thought put me on the outs are actually the thing God wanted me to like lean into. So I think that that's just such a core part of, you know, me. And then it comes out in some Catholic and all of us just encouraging each other to not to worry about boxes, but just to like lean into actually who you are. That's so good. And when you are leaning into who you are, uh, that temptation to comparison or, or, you know, diving deep into the fact that you're created good, that God's created you as good um, and being yeah. grounded in that, that changes the way you interact with others. When you're able, I love Henry now, and he's one of my favorites. Uh, this idea that when you, when you know you're the beloved, you're able to recognize other belovedness. Um, but when you're, when that's shaky or when that foundation in that, or you're not, you don't have a foundation in the fact that you're the beloved, uh, it's easy uh, to start looking for ways to prove your belovedness or, or to be uh, yeah. or to compare your story. And so I just, I love that because I've seen that at work in Fem Catholic, both on the blog and in this digital community. Um, and I just, I love how it, it's, it can seem like, oh, that's just an idea. That's just this vague idea that I can journal about. But no, it, it's very real uh, and I've seen it at play. And so thanks for speaking into that and for yeah, creating that's that. Yeah, awesome. Well, and it's just, it's so, it's so relatable to me and even, I mean, look at like Eve in the garden. Mm-hmm. The the original lie was the the devil telling woman something about you is not enough and is not right. 
and woman believing that is what sort of like started the domino effect of all, you know, pain and sin and suffering in the world. <laughs> but really, like, I uh-huh. think women, I have noticed in my own life that, I mean, I totally struggle with this, but all the moments that I struggle with jealousy, even with some Catholic and how it's grown or, you know, how I've wanted it to grow, I've struggled with comparing myself to other people. Uh, but at the end of the day, what I always come back to is like, yeah, but is that really my gift? And is this really my season for that? And that's why I like that finding my fiat course, or it's, you know, it's, it's pretty short and simple and sweet, but it really comes from what has helped me discern my next steps and where I'm called to be because uh, I, I've just found that God really, he gives you the gifts and, and uses the gifts that he's given you. And the devil is the one who will try to tell you, oh my gosh, you're inadequate because, you know, you should be all over Instagram and you suck at Instagram, you know, and like maybe you're not even meant to do that. Like that's a silly example, but. It's relatable as get out being able to recognize. I love the simplicity of the fiat. Yeah. I just, just questions to ponder because it's easy to see needs that are good, valid needs um, and think that they're the ones that we all, we have to say yes to all of them. You have to meet them. No, yes. That's a great point, actually, mm-hmm. um, because I've also fallen into that. And women are so good at seeing the needs around them. Right. That you can think, like even I, you know, I did a lot of work in pro-life initiatives growing up. And then I, I kind of got burned out from that. And I felt bad because I'm like, oh, but I know this is such a good cause. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I just will myself to be <laughs> devoted to these these things? And it was funny going to the given forum. And again, I think God will give you the gift. And, and sometimes it's almost too obvious to yourself what you're being called to do because you're like, this sounds fun. Like this doesn't even sound like a sacrifice, <laughs> you know, or, or you, you kind of have this like a Catholic guilt of like, yep. I should be like offering myself and sacrificing and, I'm like, wait, God is calling me to start a blog on feminism? Like, mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, I've, I've learned over the years that it really is something to do with my gifts of wanting to do that. And um, and the things that he's not calling you to, like the writing. I mean, I do love writing, but I'm slow. And that's just not a gift that God has given me. And he's given so many people that gift that it's been such a joy for me to get to create a platform where all these incredibly talented women can share those gifts with the world. Recognizing that you have gifts and not every need is a need you have to fill, then it it doesn't diminish. It doesn't diminish the need. And in fact, when you say no to it because it's not your calling, it leaves space for others to say yes. Your group of contributing women were able to say yes because you knew when to make space for that yes because... Uh, yeah, just by discerning what your gifts were. Yeah. I just think that's really beautiful. How when we're able to discern that well, it creates the space for others to also discern it well versus, you know, holding it and saying, no, this is fine. I, I'm going to do it all because it's all needed. And I can say yes to all of it, even if that means doing it poorly or because it's not where God's calling me to. Yeah. Which takes humility, right? Which is. The- yeah. No, that's such a good point, though, because even um, this and the, the Yes Sign Book Club, we were talking about generosity and how I think you can be generous when with that space, but it's vulnerable. 
it does take letting go of your your pride and your control and and remembering that like this is something God is leading because it definitely takes you know stepping back and giving up some of that control that can be hard but it, it is so much more beautiful and and I think that's something uh, key to community within community if you try to just cling to the things that I guess you're finding your identity in or like the, I they do think the devil will try to push you to, to hold tightly mm-hmm. to the things you love out of like a fear. And that's the thing I love about giftedness is thinking about people in your life as a gift and recognizing their gifts and saying, you know, them coming into my life with these gifts, like that's a gift to me mm-hmm. that I think God wants me to respond to. And then you build like a beautiful relationship in that versus holding tightly to your own thing out of fear that, you know, you don't have gifts or that you don't have a call in that or somehow your call is going to be like smushed by somebody else stepping up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not the way that God works in, in what I've seen, but it can be really scary and the devil's really tricky. Yeah. It's that original fear versus fiat, right? Like I'm not enough that, you know, the, the lie to Eve versus God's created me yeah. for a specific mission. So, so I'm going to say yes with our, with our lady. And just, it's tempting to, to act out of the fear, but he invites us to, to act out of a fiat. And yeah, it's, it's hard and it's challenging and it's going to push us out of our comfort zone and into plans we didn't have, uh, but it's where he wants us. And, but he respects our freedom to say yes. Yeah. Well, and, and he'll wait for you. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think it's good to continually discern. And I just keep, I find myself truly coming back to this like three-step process of discerning, okay, go to gifts of this season and then just offering, like having to trust God that, you know, even if there's other ideas I have or plans in my mind that like, you know, it's just not the time. Sam, I've loved this conversation with you. We're scratching the surface of the goodness that's in Femme Catholic in action together to close out the conversation. Just two quick questions for you. First, where can listeners find out more about Femme Catholic in action together and join in this community? Oh, so that's just femcatholic.com, F-E-M, Catholic, one word, dot com. And then there's a, at the top menu, there's a spot for community, uh, or there's like a, a menu point for community. You can find it all there. The last question that I ask all the women who've been on the podcast is we explore this idea of what does it mean to live out the feminine genius? Um, and you've spoken to so beautifully what I've come to discover throughout the years of this podcast is that it's not a box to stuff yourself into, but instead this invitation to freedom to live it out in the way that the Lord is calling you to say yes to who he's created you to be. Sam, how do you live out your own feminine genius as you create spaces for women to grow in community together? Oh, I think I just really want to affirm like this has been all the, all the things growing up where I felt like pieces of me that made me weird or the oddball in my communities are the things that have allowed me to do this. So like, like I said, this passion for feminism, even in my Catholic circles. And then I had sort of this interest in business and growing organizations, even in the midst of my theology circles. Like I I never really fit the box. And all of those ways were, I think, a piece of me that then I, when I recognize those things as gifts rather than, you know, failings or weaknesses, mm-hmm. I was able to um, respond to a need that only I could respond to. And I think that's what the feminine genius is all about, is seeing the need and then responding with the gifts that 
that only you can give. That's the uh, organ from given. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on and sharing about Fem Catholic in Action together and for saying yes to creating that because I know I have, have been blessed incredibly by the community that I found there. And so thanks for coming on the show and for all the beautiful work and, and saying yes to the gifts that, that you have been given. Yeah, well, thank you so much for, for having me on for being part of the community. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. If you head over to my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com, you're going to find the show notes for today's episodes, including links to Fem Catholic in Action Together and the episode of Letters to Women that Sam was on back in 2017, if you want to take a listen to more of her story and the creation of Fem Catholic. Make sure you're subscribed to Letters to Women on iTunes. And if this letter struck you, and you know a woman in your life who's discerning who she is, the gifts God's given her, and where he's calling her to use those. Could you share this with her today? That is all I have for this week's episode. And until next time, be not afraid.